Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Uh, Today is such an exciting day over here at Growing Your Team. We made an offer to our very first employee and they accepted. So we are so excited and we cannot wait for this new team member to start in just a few weeks. And as you know, we are taking you behind the scenes of this hiring decision and this hiring process. We started off with part one, telling you why now is the right time for us to hire our first employee for growing your team. And then part two, which was episode 71, we went into why we didn't hire sooner, even though we're a company that guides people through the hiring process. And we also covered in that episode how we determined what tasks and responsibilities were going to make up this position we were adding to our company. And of course, I think I keep saying we. Well, obviously, it's just me so far. See, my new hire hasn't started yet. But you get the picture. So today, I am bringing you through getting candidates and some of my initial feelings while I reviewed some of those candidates and put it, put the posting out there. These are feelings that I know are very common because they're what I help my clients through. And even though I knew they were common, even though I knew what to expect, I still felt them too. So I feel like they're very important to talk about. And then in the next solo episode, so episode 75, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about making my final decision and extending an offer. All right, so let's jump into all the goodness for today. So like I mentioned, we are talking about what I went through when I posted the position, all the feelings and emotions, and what it was like to review the candidates before we got to the interview process. So I decided it was a Friday afternoon. I was like, okay, this is it. I'm posting the job. And part of the reason I'm like, ooh, I can't wait any longer is I looked at a calendar and said, you know what? I would really like my new hire to start on May 17th. Why May 17th? Because it's the last week my kids are in school and I figured I'm probably going to have to work a little bit extra that week uh, just because I need to train and onboard a new hire. So I wanted to make sure that I was getting that out of the way before the kids were home and needing a little bit of extra attention during the workday. So I then looked back and said, oh my goodness. Well, if I'm going to go through this right, I need to get that job posted like ASAP so I can start interviewing candidates, make my decision, and get time for after the decision was made to make sure everything was ready, get her set up in the system and whatnot so we could have an effective first day. So I said to myself on that Friday, it's time, got to get it up and live. 
And let me tell you, whoo, I had a rush of emotions like once I posted that live. Like I literally sat there and said to myself, what if no one applies? Like I I set myself on like a 20 minute like spiral after posting it to be like, oh my goodness, am I sure this is the right title? Should I be changing the job title to something else? What if the right people don't see it? And had to like talk myself down to say, no, like all the research is right. This is a good job title to start with. Don't panic until you have results that mean something's not working. So I took a deep breath and I said, okay, we're, go- we're going with it and we're going to see what happens. And we're not going to doubt what we put out there because we know we did the research. We know we wrote this in a way that attracts candidates until it's not working. And that's one thing I want to tell you guys is once you write your job posting, once you're posting it out there, once you pick the right title to advertise it with, go with it until you have enough data to tell yourself that it needs to change. So a few hours later, I get my first application and then another. And I am so excited. I'm like, oh my goodness, people are actually applying. But then I go through the but what if these aren't great candidates? What if I'm not getting the right people to apply? And I kind of went through that like panic emotion. So of course, even though it was a Friday night and I told myself I wasn't going to check anything until Monday, I started checking the candidates as they were coming in and not really like going through and deciding, yes, I'm going to interview this person. No, I'm not. But just wanted to look at the quality of candidates that were coming in. And I did this for probably about the first five candidates that came through on that Friday night. and. With it, I noticed two things. One, I was getting some pretty great candidates. So that whole fear of the job posting, attracting the wrong people was just a fear. And like I said, like I write job postings for my clients. I do this for a living. But it was still that fear about those feelings that I went through. So it's normal to have that. Take a deep breath. Your job posting is going to do great as, as long as you follow the right steps in creating it and really target that idea candidate when you write it. So I targeted the idea candidate with my job posting and posted it out there speaking to them and I was getting great candidates to apply. But here's the other thing I noticed and this is super, super important and One of the things I cannot stress enough about during the hiring process, at that point in time, I wasn't really looking at them yet to sort them out. I was just looking to see the type of candidates that I was receiving. And I noticed myself noticing random things on their resume and being impressed by random things on their resume that really didn't matter when it came to the job that I was hiring for. It was like, Ooh, kind of like shiny object syndrome of, ooh, this candidate has done this. Ooh, this candidate has that in their background. Oh, look at this. And I was like, these candidates are amazing and great. But then I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. I'm not actually reviewing these candidates in any way like I teach my clients to. I need to stop. I need to make sure I'm being strategic when I look at these and not let biases or shiny object syndrome or anything like that pull me towards a candidate that doesn't actually deserve an interview because they're not the right person and stop me from interviewing a great candidate because I'm looking at the resume from the wrong point of view. 
So I made myself stop. And while over the weekends, I did see if I was still getting people to apply, told myself I was not going to look at any more resumes with a critical lens and make my decisions on if I was going to interview anybody or not until I was back to my desk working on Monday morning. So Monday morning came, and at that point in time, I had about, I think, just under 30 people who had applied. And I think for this position, I got just about, I think it was 36 people that applied. So it was somewhere in that mid-30s. And I went through them with the way that I teach all of my candidates to go through um, applicants when they start to apply is I created this list, which is my must-have criteria. So the must-have criteria is three things that you can see on a resume that tell you if the person has the right background to get an interview. And these three things, like I said, one, you must be able to see them on a resume. If you can't see them on a resume, you can't judge someone by it. And two, they are things that are important to show that someone can do the job or has the background for the job. So we're not looking necessarily for, in most cases, job titles. We're looking for skill sets, qualities, character, well, I guess not characteristics because we're not seeing that on on a resume, but skill sets and experiences, that was the word I was looking for, to show that they have a background that is right to match with the background we need in a candidate. Because most of the time, you're not going to have a direct match of they did the job exactly for another company. Most of the time when you're hiring in small businesses, it's going to be that they have a whole, I don't know what word am I looking for, circle of experience that lines up with the circle of experience that you need. Like they overlap in to be the right fit candidate. So I started going through with that. And the first day when I was looking at things, like I said, I had just under 30 people at apply and I actually liked 15 of the candidates. As more candidates came through, I think there was about three that I liked in additional. So I think it was about 18 people overall that I liked their resume. And I sat there and said to myself, do I invite all 18 total? So the first day it was the 15. Do I invite all 15 for an interview or do I not? And I decided at that point in time, I had blocked a lot of time on my schedule for that week. I'm just going to invite all 15 because here's the thing. One, I knew not everyone I sent an email out to would actually um, reply. Now, this happens for one of two reasons. One, people have already moved on. Or two, your message ends up in a junk folder. And I figured I'm going to send it out to all 15 and the candidates that are checking their spam folders, the candidates that are really interested are gonna see my email. So that could help narrow things down. If I don't like what I'm getting after I interview those first few people, I can always then reach back out to the other candidates. So when I did reach out to them, I think I had two people that responded pretty much right away telling me that they actually were no longer interested, they they accepted positions elsewhere. Okay, great, took them off my list. So then I ended up interviewing eight candidates in the next episode. We're gonna talk about how I narrowed down those eight to the five that I brought in for that next round interview, and then how I narrowed those five down to the one that I ended up hiring. Because let me just tell you this, 
I loved every candidate in one way or another. There was no candidate that I interviewed where I was just like, yep, they're an easy no. They all had something. But it was very important that I selected the right person. So like I said, I reached out to about 18 people and ended up having eight interviews. So two told me that they were no longer interested because they got other jobs. The other ones just never responded. And I never followed back up because the interviews were great. But we'll get into more detail in the next solo episode, so episode 75, that will be out in two weeks. But today, yeah, it was just that whole kind of like flood of emotions that I really want to talk about. Even as a hiring expert, I was nervous that no one would apply. Then when people were applying, I was nervous that they wouldn't be the right fit. When I started contacting candidates, I was nervous that people would say no to the offer for an interview, even though they applied and they showed me that they had some interest. I was nervous that they would say no. You know, so having these like emotions are normal. But the thing is, you need to tell yourself every step of the way that you're doing the right things, that you set up a job posting that speaks to the right candidates, and that you know how to review resumes. So that way, you're only spending time bringing in the people that you love. And then how to properly sort people through the interview by asking questions, which we'll get into in the next episode. And one of the things that I will want to say with uh, my position in particular, with the people that I liked their resume and invited them in for an interview, I always teach on you have your must-have criteria, which we talked about, but then also the nice-to-have criteria. So the nice-to-have criteria is kind of like this bonus group of things that someone could have to help sort out your group. So if you have 15 people and you don't want to spend your time interviewing 15 people, how do you determine who should be at the top of your list? Well, here's the surprising thing that happens with mine. Almost every person that I was saying yes to when I looked at their resume had this bonus criteria. I had two things. It would have been very rare for one person to have both of them. And I don't think anyone I interviewed had both of them. But um, but I said, it would be nice if they had at least one of these. And these were some like, I'll, well, I'll tell you what mine were. Mine were one, they had experience listed on their resume that showed they have been involved in the hiring process. So they have reviewed resumes or conducted interviews or that they had experience with marketing. And pretty much everyone had that those items had one of those items listed on their resume so i was very very lucky well i can't say luck it's not luck it's because i put out a good job posting to and it attracted the right group of candidates so that's it for today so once again just remember that it's normal to have emotions when you're going through the hiring process it's normal to kind of have that that self-doubt but know that you're doing things right you're going to get the right candidates. And if you're not getting the right candidates, then that's something that you have to look at to see why are you not getting the right candidates? Is it because you are not uh, posting the job with the right title? So when people see it on a list, they're not clicking through. Or is it because when people do click through, they're not 
impressed. They're not seeing themselves in that role and they're saying no and and you're not just not speaking to the right person. But as long as you have those things correct, you're gonna get good candidates. So just tell yourself to take a deep breath and take the hiring process one step at a time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.